Broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio. And Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Whether it's stress, head trash, time management, tips on living a healthier lifestyle, or just navigating lifelong goals, this podcast is everything work-life related. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Bruce. We're here to provide you with tips and tricks to help you navigate through the day-to-day mental blocks. Let's get started. Welcome back to episode 13 of Work Life 360. Today, we're going to be talking all about relationships. But first, if you are a first-time listener, welcome to Work Life 360. If you've been with us for a while, thank you for continuing to join us every single week as Rhonda and I deliver great content every single Wednesday. Leave us that review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. Go ahead and hop on any one of those and give us a review. Again, today, you're going to get to know us a little bit more. You know, we're going to share our experiences in terms of relationships that have helped us kind of arrive to where we're at today. Uh, But first, Rhonda, how are you today? Doing great, Bruce. Just for our listeners, if you happen to hear any pitter-pattering of feet or loud noises, we're having some (laughs) renovations as it tipping up to 99 degrees here in Arizona. So I want to just apologize. Uh, Oh my God, 99 already? Yes. We went from the high 70s, a couple days of 80s, right into 99 degrees. And normally there's a little bit of a buffering period to adjust. No, that didn't happen. So I've got to up my my water intake because I'm definitely feeling um, the effects of dehydration this week for sure. Oh, wow. Active as you are, like hydration is is key being outside you don't realize it's a dry heat and there's not a lot of moisture and i can't remember the last time we had rain but my body definitely feels it and even my energy level was a little bit was a little bit off yeah it's it's super important i've been i was in uh a few years back i went i had the opportunity to go to cairo egypt and do a little backpacking and 130 that was hot uh and i think at night the temperatures dropped down to about just under 100 and it was it was incredible we stayed you know at a hostel um because we were backpacking and down to luxor where the valley of the kings is and it's a lower income portion of the world we'll just leave it at that uh Mm -hmm. but they used their trash and garbage as insulation on the rooftops so here we are in this it it was probably a an eight by ten room and it had a, a window unit air conditioner, but that little itty bitty little window unit could not keep up with how hot. I, I feel for you when you say <laughs> that it's already 99 degrees um, and you didn't get any break from you know a, a gradual increase of temperatures. Yeah, I feel bad for my husband. He's in heavy highway construction, so oh. we had to rethink his whole lunchbox situation. <laughs> yeah. Put tons of fruit and veggies in there, which will lead into our homework assignment, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. perfect timing. So our yeah, let's jump into it. So our homework was, or our action item was to identify any areas where you're self-medicating from an addiction or from, um, you know, just how do you self-medicate? Um, and Ronnie, before we jumped on, you were talking about yours. Um, it was, it was food. Yes, I am definitely an emotional eater. I think pretty much everybody in my family were 
Italian, so food is near and dear to our heart. And when we're talking about all the emotional stuff, there's usually some type of food involved. And, you know, when you walk in and somebody's house that's the first thing like they give you food whether you're hungry or not for me growing up I developed a sweet tooth habit Oreo cookies ice cream all those kinds of things they seemed to become comfort foods for me and there was a while there when I broke that habit and then not to play the blame game but my husband of two and a half years now has a sweet tooth and so I do not keep that kinds of those kinds of foods in my house and now that we're cohabitating he <laughs> likes and enjoys his sweets and rather than stick to my guns and eat healthy I consciously and subconsciously find myself mindlessly snacking on things so this past weekend it was a trip to Costco and $80 in nothing but veggies I'm yeah. committed now then I'm mindful and I'm committed and and you probably got a couple grapes for that $80 yeah right <laughs> it seems like anytime you go to Costco you can't uh go in with a, an agenda of like, oh, I'm not going to spend that much this time. And I always walk out with three, $400 stuff, you know, but you know, honestly for me, um, taking a, a self reflection and, and digging in, like for me, I, I'm almost the opposite. Um, I don't eat. I, I, it's not that I punish myself. I just, I lose complete control of like an appetite. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it's not healthy at all. Um, so being aware and, and kind of forcing myself to, to eat. And then once, you know, I kind of naturally, um, fast naturally. I, what's that diet? Um, intermittent diet. Intermittent. Yes. I, I naturally kind of do that to where, you know, I have a little snack during the day, but then I have a big dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can literally go 24 hours without eating and, be totally happy um which is weird um i think my dad is kind of like that uh where he he doesn't eat much kind of does the intermittent fasting as well mm -hmm. uh, so i don't know if that's where i get it from but um so yeah kind of interesting we should do an episode on that because there's some interesting science behind uh that type of eating as well as the health benefits or different ways to maybe adjust that so it works for like long-term health and what have mm -hmm. you in terms of time of the day when you have that bigger meal yeah yeah so you know again today is all about relationships kind of how ron and i got here um relationships are kind of what makes the world go around um you know you've got co-workers relationships customer relationships um, family relationships friends right there's relationships everywhere and companies spend millions and millions of dollars to create a strong relationship with with their customers um, it's that important you know and there's there's different types of relationships obviously um, you know me personally I can go, I went from, you know, growing up as a kid, both my parents were in the Air Force. Um, you know, we bebopped around the United States. We, you know, I was born in Boise and then we got uh, moved up to Anchorage, Alaska. You know, we spent eight years there, went down to Virginia Beach, Virginia, spent eight years there. So I never had the relationships as a kid, 
with like those lifelong friends. You know, I, my wife, you know, she's she's from where we live. Um, you know, she's lived here her whole life and uh, she's got friends that she's had since she was in grade school. Um, and it's kind of funny that um, I'm very quick to make friends, um, meet new people, extroverted, um, you know, whereas with her, she's a little more reserved, a little more cautious when, when meeting new people, uh, still extroverted. However, it, it's interesting that, you know, how you were raised kind of helps forms how you create relationships. For me, same same kind of thing. My biological mother had abandoned my brother and I. I was six, he was five. And then we lived with my biological father who he had just met in a trailer. So now we were in a new school. And then that burnt down. And then we moved in with my soon-to-be stepmother. So that was a new situation, a new school. And then they ended up transferring us to Catholic school and then different high schools. And honestly, Bruce, I tracked with my one best friend who I've known since I was 19. I've moved 36 times in my life. Holy cow. So, you know, you can get into the psychology of why and what that does for all the potential growth and lived experiences that come about that. But definitely Mm -hmm. kind of talking, listening to talk about, or excuse me, listening to explain about your wife having some close friends from childhood i only have one and that's actually my husband oh wow he's the only one that i've known since i was nine probably all my life i've known there was a point in time there where we didn't know each other but i think when we reconnected it was so easy because you know all the things that have happened and helps you appreciate and respect one another because you're in a comfortable place but there's so many people though that i've met that really have impacted my growth capacity and whether the relationship was toxic and not so great or it was one of a mentor relationship all of them i think help us find who we are and i think that's the most important relationship that relationship with the person that you have in the mirror being authentic being honest and having compassion for all the ups and downs in life really helps foster positive relationships whether it's with your kids your wife your family your co-workers people you meet on social media people that you have really those little nuanced day-to-day experience with in the grocery market self-reflection and having a healthy relationship with yourself which can be really challenging for people is really the first step to any healthy relationships exactly you know we when we moved from anchorage to virginia beach literally across the country I mean, Hawaii to Virginia would have been the only thing that's a little bit more of a dramatic change, but uh, as far as distance. But when I was, I'll never forget this, when I was the new kid in school, day one, you know, here I am, uh, if you haven't, if you can't guess, I'm white, uh, but here I am, this little white boy walking into this big, huge school from Alaska, you know, from Alaska, and the amount of students was overwhelming. Um, I was in middle school and I went from a a school that probably had a total of 200 people to there was 
350 people just in my grade. Um, it, it was an, an overwhelming experience and uh, learning to adapt and, and create relationships with, with new people. They, they talked a little funny. <laughs> uh, there was a Southern, you know, some talked with a Southern accent and um, it, w- it was fun. Uh, looking back on it, it was it was probably one of those moments in my life that uh, kind of shaped who I am today. Um, but even in a prof- in a professional setting, you know, I worked at TQL for 13 years. Um, loved it. It was it's it's kind of a um, a badge of honor to have worked there that long and and to be in transportation and freight for so long and and to do very well. Um, you know, transportation is not for everybody, but I've had several different bosses that, you know, some were great, some were fantastic. Um, in fact, one of my bosses actually DJed our wedding. Um, <laughs> you know, others, you know, not so great, right? Um, and not a knock on them, just we didn't connect as well as, as I did with others. Uh, but now, now that I'm doing, you know, more of a work from home, um, coaching people, that is a completely different type of relationship with my clients versus the relationship that I had with my customers. And in transportation, a lot of relationships are transactional. Um, freight in, in and of itself is a pretty much a transactional industry. Um, where I really excelled was creating a lifelong relationship with my customer. There would be times that I would call and and we would not talk about business one single bit. Fostering that kind of relationship builds trust that if something were to happen, and it will, this is transportation we're talking about, drivers show up late, drivers fall off, you can't cover the load in time, and if the decision goes above their head, whether you should continue a transportation provider or not, you want to make sure that you have a great relationship with them, that this person will vouch for you. Um, So it's not all about just taking a shipment from point A to point B. There's way more involved than just that. Um, I had a, I had a customer. I mean, I got, I got to know them to the point where like she was going through some pretty deep stuff and, and we would talk about it. That's the kind of relationship that you want with your customers. That's where it comes down to treating one another on a human level, building those honest, trusting relationships and getting comfortable with each other. It's kind of like almost dating, really getting to know someone and as you build these relationships and listen to their stories and share kind of that compassion empathy emotional stuff that helps build loyalty and open lines of communication because then we are able to break down some barriers that we may have unconsciously had in our minds like we kind of can judge or make assumptions or project things or something as easy as sending a text if you don't have that authentic humanistic level relationship with your partners in life what whoever whatever that looks like then there just can be some friction as a result of not establishing those connections early on and Mm -hmm. i haven't been in that same type of role bruce but 
I'm curious to learn from you the difference with your work life now versus before, like where are the parallels and how does that, how do you manage the relationships since you're say in a more solace home space where there's less disruption and less maybe energy versus Mm -hmm. being, I'm just assuming before, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you were in an environment where there was a lot of activity, a lot of energy, a lot of rah-rah, shishkumba, like how to learn the difference between the two worlds. And I think that would be really helpful for our listeners because 2020 has changed (laughs) for everyone in this industry. Please share. So definitely a big difference Uh, going from, you know, working in an office environment where uh, we didn't really have cubicles. It's more or less just an open office space, uh, competitions, there's bells ringing, there's a lot of hooting and hollering, there's, you know, you can hear everybody's conversations. So if somebody's, you know, upset with a driver, you kind of eavesdrop on it and uh, <laughs> it gets colorful at times, but it, yes. And, and now going to that to um, working from home, right? I got my office in my basement, little more like I said solitude it's uh, I do get to work with some really cool people that um, I, I consider all of my clients to be friends so there is a difference though in energy levels um, you know to have that ability to walk you know walk over to the guy next to you and say hey you know how's your morning how's things going you know that that office chit chat that goes on you know I do kind of miss that um, I'm a very I, I love to be around people um, but at the same time, I do see that I'm a whole lot more productive working from home. Um, I'm a whole lot more focused. Um, I, I, there's a little bit more drive. And so it, there, there is some, some pros and cons of both, but I, I want to touch base real quick. So I'm actually working with a lady right now, you know, we're talking relationships and she's like, Bruce, I got this customer. For whatever reason, she just doesn't like me. She just she she doesn't like me. Everybody else there loves me, but she just doesn't like me. Dug in a little bit. I said, okay, you know, why does she not like you? I don't know. She just doesn't like me. And I was like, well, it's not that she doesn't like you as a person, okay? You're the new kid on the block, okay? Because they just got set up as as a as a broker with them. They've been running maybe you know maybe two months total. And I said, you're the new kid on the block. You remember, you remember being in high school and, you know, somebody new shows up and you're like, eh, I don't know if I like that guy. Yeah, he he seems like he's kind of cool, but eh, I don't, I'm not so certain. I'll stick to my friends that I've got over here because I know these guys. I trust these guys. I said, you are that new person in school. Like, you're the new kid on the block. And until you can have a, have a, a shining moment with, with this person... And until you get some some one-on-one like quality time, like yeah, it's gonna be tough. But let me ask you, I said, when you call, do you always call about work? Well, yeah, yeah, she always wants updates, she always wants this, she always wants that. I said, okay, who does that serve? Does that serve you or does that serve her? Well, that serves, that serves me because I'm doing my job. I said, well, do you think she cares about what serves you or does she care about what serves herself, right? And so we, we dug in and I said, I, I, you know, her challenge was to, to have conversations not regarding work. 
right? Build that relationship. And and relationships need to be built off of trust and need to have proper expectations. So it's it's amazing what just open lines of communication and and just a outside perspective can do uh because she was she was all she was ready to give this customer to somebody else because she's like this lady just doesn't like me you know that's our natural inclination we don't we're fearful of the unknown and it's often easier to create these stories in our minds and the emotions that surround these stories that we create, like she's making an assumption, right? That they don't like yeah. her. And really, it has nothing to do with like or dislike. Just the way that you navigated that with her was really important. And she may not realize it yet, but hopefully with time, because she's new to the business, she'll mm-hmm. learn that it's not all about her. Because we do that in all aspects of our lives. We see somebody's face and they look like they're upset. We immediately think they're upset with us for some reason. And we, again, create these false scenarios which trigger that automatic response of our our ego, really, to respond maybe in a not-so-thoughtful, reactive way. It's kind of funny. She asked me, she goes, Bruce, have you ever had, did you ever have a customer like that? And I said, oh, do <laughs> you, yes. 13 years. Yes. <laughs> I had, I, oh my gosh. I had this one that um, I, I got to stay confidential here, but uh, sure. she, every time I saw her number come on the screen, I knew that it wasn't going to be good. I, I, I had a couple assistants and I had a couple hey, you answer the phone, see what she needs, right? Because I didn't want to talk to her like because I knew that she was going to call to yell at me um, for one reason or another, right? And and so one day I was just like, I, I physically remember sitting at my desk and I was like, you know what? I, I want to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. And so I told her, I, was, I said, hey, let's, I, I, you're probably calling to, to, because our truck's not there. I get it. Besides that truck not being there, like, I want to start fresh. Can we do that? And she she was receptive to it. So I called her out, okay? Or I called the relationship out. I didn't call her out. I called our relationship out and called it what it was. It was toxic. We got to talking, and I spent the next two and a half hours on the phone with her to the point where I transferred the call to my cell phone and drove home while still talking to her. And the reason she didn't like me was because there was one shipment a long, 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 I, mean, I was there 13 years, guys, long time ago that the driver was late for and she held it against me. And she's like, I don't know why I did that. She goes, but every time I, I, I just, every time I had to call you to give you, you know, grief or to, to, you know, get on you, she's like, I found pleasure in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it doesn't pleasure me. Like that's. I hated answering the phone when you called. And so we, we ironed it all out. And honest to God, she's still a good friend of mine today. It's it's amazing how that uh, we were able to trans- transfer that negative relationship into a healthy, positive one. So yes, uh, it is possible. And yes, it does happen. Um, sometimes it takes a little bit of, and on your part, 
to to call out the relationship but yes it can happen i remember the most unhealthy relationship i had with a former vp operations at a university i worked at same kind of thing bruce when you deal with people whether it's on the phone or in person there's a certain energy right Mm -hmm. and I pretty much, well, unless I'm annoyed or something, I pretty much always have positive energy for whatever reason. I've always gravitated to seeing the brighter side, even in not so healthy situations, always kind of have hope for the human spirit. But this one gentleman really challenged my patience in having compassion for him. And I'm going to say I was 26 and it was one of those kind of like what you said, I did everything above and beyond expectations. And at the time, there were not a lot of females in roles that I was in. So I really wanted to showcase my skill set. It was a startup for a brand new student recreation center from the ground up in charge of all operations and getting that center up and running. There were 5,000 students there and it was myself and one other female. And we would talk like, what is the deal with him? He would find maybe a piece of trash on the floor. Maybe somebody was throwing a football. He would find anything. And it's just two of us running this fitness center that was 24-7. And we worked 15, 17-hour days. Oh, my gosh. Six, six, sometimes seven days a week during the first year and a half of starting. I mean, whatever he asked for, we provided. And long story short, when I resigned from that position, he shut the door and apologized to me for two and a half years of not the most professional treatment. Come to find out, he had mismanaged his funds Mm. and he was on the cusp of being let go and projected that on not only me, but apparently other people on his team. The point I'm making is we cannot control other people's behaviors. We can express how we feel and what we need from them, but understanding sometimes people have their own baggage that they're not maybe willing or embarrassed to share, which in turn, while it's not right, obviously professionally or even on a humanistic level to make somebody's life miserable, trying to find that compassion and knowing that you're doing a good job and having confidence, like Bruce, you knew you were providing professional service to this person. Knowing that just helps maybe you handle the situation as best you can in the moment, which is kind of hard, I guess, in a broker environment to do that because of the time variable, which I've learned. But like you said, even if it's on your own time, don't think of it as your own time. Mm -hmm. It's an investment. Time is an investment. Exactly. You know, and so for an action item on, you know, at the end of this is we're is we're wrapping up. I think it would be great if everybody could just review some of the relationships that are most important to you, whether it be customers, friends, family, whatever, and identify where they could be better and where you could be better. Maybe take that first step and remember to be kind to one another. Be well, everybody. Thanks for joining us. 
That wraps up this episode of Work-Life 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all of our other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes to any links to any articles that we've referenced in today's episode. We appreciate your time and ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. We value your time and we're here for you. Contact me directly if you'd like to learn more about me coming to run a free sales training workshop for your team. Follow me on LinkedIn or check out my website at brucepumierswc.com. If you'd like to learn more about me or have a free health consult, check me out on LinkedIn or visit my website at planningtheseedsforhealthyliving.com. Thanks for joining us.